The worst thing in the world is to be free physically, but to be enslaved mentally. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp, and today on the show, we have Stephen Furtick again, and he is talking to us about being enslaved mentally and how, you know, we can be set free, but then we don't walk in our minds in freedom because we have all the wrong thoughts. And God has really been dealing with me a lot about this the past couple of years and how really, as a man thinketh, he is. And so we've got to free our minds and think the way that God wants us to think. Here's Stephen. I want to make an announcement, as, as a matter of fact. Uh, if you didn't know this, your imagination is under attack. The enemy is after your imagination. Your imagination is the incubation place for every great thing that you'll ever think. For any opportunity that you will create for yourself or seize, your, your imagination must be active. And so the enemy sets out early in life, preferably, to sabotage your imagination. Or can we say it this way? To imprison you within your own imagination. Here's what I mean by that. Your mind is the place where, where all of the, the miracles that God wants to work in your life will begin. Your mind is also the place where a lot of the miracles that God wants to work in your life will die. So, so the enemy, and when I say the enemy, I mean the devil. And if you don't believe in the devil, you need to have some kids. The, the enemy will, will try to create in your, in your own imagination, uh, a sense where you can't stand to be alone with your own thoughts. And he wants to make it where you don't really like to be with yourself. In other words, he wants to capture your imagination. The scripture here says that God sends his word into your life for a purpose. And so the enemy knowing this has to plant thoughts in your mind that will pervert that purpose. In other words, to make you a captive of your own imagination so that he can take from you your sense of anticipation and turn it into anxiety. Have you ever thought about this, that, that the, the same organ that creates anticipation in your life also creates anxiety? The same imagination that can really make you excited about going to see Eddie Van Halen is the same imagination that can keep you up at night worrying about stuff that may never happen. Touch somebody and say, capture your imagination. You've got to make a decision in your life that my imagination is a gift from God. And I'm not going to let it turn into an IMAX screen for the devil to just project whatever fear and whatever insecurity and whatever scenario he wants to broadcast in my mind. Today's the day that I'm taking my mind back. If I'm going to get my peace back, I've got to regain the territory of my mind. And this scripture is important because the, the Hebrew people have been have been going through a cycle that's the first word I want to mention is cycle um, it, it's a cycle of captivity uh, you understand that Isaiah is a prophetic book so Isaiah is writing this particular chapter 200 years before the people would need it 
He's writing it 200 years before they would need it because they were carried away into captivity, which began a cycle so that they would begin to think like the Babylonians. And instead of thinking like where they were from, they were thinking like where they were trapped. And, and so this may have application to us today because we, we may not be in physical captivity, but I think the worst thing in the world is to be free physically and to be enslaved mentally. The worst thing in the world is to have freedom to do something different, but not have the, 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 the psychological ability to break free from old memories. Because if you let the enemy, he will manipulate your memories and chop them up together so much that you're afraid of your future. And you can't even think about tomorrow without feeling something in your stomach. What's happening here? He's attacking your imagination. And he wants to get you into a cycle. It's a cycle. If, if you look at most of the negative thoughts in your life, they occur in cycles. They're set off when you're tired or they're set off when you're lonely or they're set off in, in, in moments where particular things have triggered you to, to think in old ways. And, 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 and yet as believers, so often we're more focused on the symptoms than we are on the cycle. And so if we're always just trying to pop pills to get our symptoms to go away, we'll never address the cycle that created those symptoms to begin with. And God ends this passage talking about the, the symptoms. He said the, the thorn bush is going to be replaced by the juniper and the briars are going to be replaced by myrtle. And this is going to be a sign. But before you can see the sign, before the situation can be fixed, before the symptoms can go away, you got to break the cycle. And we came to church today, not just to get a little something to make us feel better about our symptoms, but we came here so the word of God could break our cycles that have kept us trapped. In fact, I came as a liberator today. I picked up this microphone like an anvil to break chains in your life for every cycle that's had you trapped, for every cycle that's had you stuck, for every cycle that's kept you awake, for every cycle that's kept you unemployed, for every cycle that's kept you single, for every cycle that's kept you in terror, for every cycle that's kept you paralyzed by pain. Today is the day, says God, the cycle is broken. Come on, give him a shout, somebody. And the, and, and the cycle, the cycle must be broken. The cycle must be broken. The cycle must be broken. If the cycle isn't broken, you're going to go around and around. So God says, you break the cycle when you turn to me. You break the cycle when you turn to me. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. How is God so smart? How did he know what it took the neurosurgeons until just a few years ago to find out? Look at verse 7. This is fascinating. He said that, that they have to change their ways by changing their thoughts. The, the ways and the thoughts. How did he know that when they started studying our brains, they would find out that when our neurons fire to create a thought, they also over time create path ways, neural pathways in our brain, showing us that the way we are right now is a product of the way that we've thought up until now. Scientists think they're so much smarter than God. God told you this in 800 BC, that if you think a certain way, you'll be a certain way. Well, that's just the way I am. No, that's just the way you think. Change the way you think 
You'll change the way you are. Change the way you are. You'll change the life you have. But it starts with a thought. It starts with a thought like a seed. So God uses a, a cycle that we can't understand to help us understand our thinking, which we often struggle to understand. And he uses this analogy through Isaiah uh, of the cycle of rain and seed and harvest and rain and falls on seed to create harvest. The rain falls on the seed, but the rain can only water the seed that has been planted. So I want to ask you a question today. What are you watering in your life? Because whatever you water will take over your garden. Whatever you water will grow. Whatever you water, whatever you irrigate in your imagination will grow. Interesting word to me that he said was, he said, verse 7, let the wicked forsake their ways. Forsake, that's a funny word because that's a relational word. That's a, that's a word that means that we were close and you left me. You were supposed to be with me. Somebody can't forsake you if you were never close to them. Someone can't forsake you if you didn't depend on them. So this is a word that a child would use to the dad who left. Why did you forsake me? It's a relational word. And could God be addressing the fact here that we have developed a certain relationship with our thoughts? That although we say we want to be free of the cycle of our negative thinking, we've actually become so comforted by that way of thinking that we wouldn't want God to break it because it's what we've come to depend on for companionship. There can be cycles of thinking that are so ingrained in the way that you process that you depend on them for survival. And so when God actually challenges that cycle, you become resistant because you're so used to it that you'd rather be warm with the wrong thoughts than have to get out from under the covers of what you've always cuddled up with and find a new way to think. But in Jesus' name today, I declare that the cycle is broken because of the word of God. God said, if you turn to me even now, I'll freely pardon you. I want to recreate your mind. I want to transform the way you think. I want to break your cycle. Shove somebody, say, break the cycle, break the cycle. That was Stephen Furtick, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Stephen Furtick, The Problem with Imagination. You can find out more information about him at his website, stephenfurtick.com. That is all I have for you today. I hope you have an amazing day today, and I will see you again tomorrow. God bless. Thank you.